Welcome to the College Basketball Madness Podcast. I'm Nicole Auerbach, National College Basketball Reporter, joined by our columnist, Nancy Armour. We are coming to you live from the bowels of the Energy Stadium. Um, I think that's the correct name. I th- yes, I think. Oh, uh, I think so. Yeah, something like something that. Like that yeah. um, where we just witnessed two blowouts in the Final Four. Um, and we are getting very excited for Monday's game because I would be actually pretty shocked if it was blowout. I would be too, just with the way that both of these teams played. Um, I don't think we're going to see the yeah what we saw tonight. I, um, I, at least I hope we don't. Yes, I hope we don't either. So I have been with Villanova. Um, they were my assigned team. So I watched them in historic fashion dismantle Oklahoma and basically take their will to live at some point in the second half. Um, oh, Buddy the second half I think it was probably probably in the first half um Buddy Heald held in single digits for just the second time all season they were their defense was incredible and and it wasn't just on him it was everyone yeah and and the thing that the players were looking at that that kind of jumped out at them when they were looking at the box score at the end of the game was just how the shooting percentages field goal and from three so Oklahoma shot just 31 percent from the field and 22 percent from three those are not common numbers for Oklahoma. No, and even too, I mean, they were already comfortably ahead at the half, but the second half, they just, you know, any thought that Oklahoma might have had of starting a run, no. They were 7 of 35 and 2 of 16 from 3. I mean, Villanova just, like, got on top of them, stomped on them, and just kept going the entire game. There was, like, one stretch coming out of halftime where, you know, Oklahoma had definitely had energy coming out, and yeah. Buddy had the first points of the half, yep. um, which he did in the first half as well, and then Villanova was like, no. Yeah. No, sorry. We're just like, going to, yeah. Nope, nope, nope. And, playing, no. and they were doing, like, the most ridiculous things. I mean, they were throwing, like, touchdown pass length mm-hmm. passes. They were had some really beautiful layups, some great passing. I mean, one thing that was so impressive was they had 14 assists yes. on 35 shots. So that was they, – they have really great ball movement, um, 35 made shots, made baskets. Um, they have really great ball movement, but they were – obviously terrific offensively I mean they they set their the second highest field goal percentage in a final four game yes I believe is the correct way to describe that with 71.4 percent yes from the field which is insane it is insane and the team that the only team that's been ahead of them is Villanova in 1985 when the Wildcats won the whole thing the perfect game yes um but even more sending to me too I I mean the, the shooting percentage was unbelievable you know Josh Hart it was 10 of 12 but it's 44 points, large margin of victory in a Final Four game, which is insane. This is a team, Oklahoma beat them by 23 in December. And they, I mean, and I, I wrote this, they made Oklahoma look like one of those beginning of the season patsies that you play to, you know, kind of work out the kinks. This was a national semifinal, and they just, I, I, I mean, I We're have speechless. No yes, We're speechless. I have, I have no words. It was so interesting too that like it happened so quickly in the second Mm -hmm. half like it got so out of hand so quickly where I'm looking up and I'm like wow 20 points like my god and then all of a sudden I was like am I doing the math correctly in my head at 32 points 40 I mean it was just like you know you wanted to like 
said, call it. You know, you wanted you you wanted to stop the it, fight. Yeah, they they did really kind of did need a slaughter roll. And it was you know just to see Buddy Heald's career yeah. end that way. That that was the hard part. But I made this comment on Twitter um, because Denzel Valentine mm-hmm. um, tweeted out in support of Buddy and and said that he's carried this team on his back all year long and and this and that. And that's coming from someone who also had a historic mm-hmm. loss yes. in the NCAA tournament, yes. the fifteen two game. And I, it's just it's like as someone who really enjoyed covering both of them. It's actually terrible that they had these historic losses to end their college careers, that these were amazing college careers. Right. But And I think there are two things that that I take away from that or or think about that. One is nobody likes to lose. But there is a difference between, you know, like this was just a better team tonight. I I don't know that Villanova could have, that anybody could have beaten Villanova with the way that they were playing tonight. And I I think too, you know, Jay Wright had talked all week about he didn't want this to be like 2009 when Villanova came in and just got completely handled by North Carolina. And you could see the focus, whether it was in Jay, whether it was his players. And I think, you know, they just, they were not going to get beat tonight. They're not enjoying this. This is a, is as what as players and coaches and people tell us all the time. This is a business is, trip, and, and that is the way they're treating it. So much so that when you know all of the talk from yesterday on had been, oh yeah, Joe Biden's going to be here. Joe Biden is a, a Villanova grad. They're going to be in the Villanova cheering section, and we asked uh, Josh Hart about it afterward. He didn't even know that Biden was here. Like that's how focused they are. There is nothing outside of the games for them. To be fair, I am very bad at keeping up with things that are outside of sports, and I had no idea he was coming until there was like seven Secret Service people trying to get behind me on my seat because I was actually sitting about 20 feet away from him. <laughs> so that's how I learned he was there. Um, I can't wait to catch up on whatever else is going on in the world in a few days once this is over. But what's also interesting is, is your point that you said that no one can, you're not sure anyone can beat Villanova when they play like this. And I have heard Jay Wright get on podiums. He did this after the Iowa game as well to reach the Sweet 16 and say, it was just one of those games, and I'm sorry for the other team. And he's like, we've been on that end too. And you know what? I'm sorry. They've been playing that way the entire tournament. I mean, this is not just that night. This is not out of the blue. This has been the way. And I think, and you hear Jay talk about this team. He knew that this team had it in him. Oh, yeah. This is not a surprise. No, it's not. But, you know, there was so much talk that first weekend of, oh, can Villanova get out of the first weekend? And I think once they do that, then they've kind of, I think you said it the other day, that they're kind of playing with house money. But it freed them up. It did. But I think think Jay and I think his players have known all along they had this in them. And they wanted, they didn't want to leave knowing they could have gone further, knowing they could have done more. And so they are determined. And, you know, now they're one game away from a national title. Which is pretty awesome. And, and what's interesting now, looking back at that game in December, first off, it's very weird that these two teams split um, split games and they were both blowouts, a 23-point game yeah. and, and a 44-point margin of victory. But it's almost like at that time we were like, oh, like Villanova is not that great. Like we were, This was the time of the year we were trying to figure out if there were any great teams right. in college basketball. Now it feels like that was just an off night for Villanova, like looking back yeah. at how they played since. Um, you know, I also have a couple other theories. I saw them lose the Big East final mm-hmm. to Seton Hall. And I saw how it didn't crush them per se, but I think 
the last two years, or last year at least, they won the Big East mm -hmm. Championship. Everyone's like, oh, this is the year they're going to go deep in the tournament. They were one seed, and then they lose in the first weekend. So I almost think that loss, and, I, and you know, they're not going to, like, admit it. I asked some of the players about this the other day in the locker room, and they're not like, they're not going to be like, oh, it was great that we didn't win the Big East tournament because no. that means something. Right, it does. But the, I but think it, it sort of reminds you you never want to feel like this. Right. And we need to kick ourselves into a higher gear. Yes, it makes you hungrier starting the tournament. And those are the most dangerous teams are the teams that that are, are playing for something or feel like they've got something, whether it's to prove or something, you know, like something specific and yeah I think that that loss might have done that and I you know I spoke with um assistant coach Ashley Howard after the game and and he was based I asked him if this was the best full game that Villanova's played all year which it's gotta be right? it is I mean yes <laughs> um and he basically just said that he's like well he's, he like tries to think for a second he's like I guess recently <laughs> like I'm like okay well like it is um but then he he goes and says that the key, which all the players, first thing they mentioned was their defense, yep. which, as we discussed, was terrific yep. against a very, very a good, very, very good, potent very, offense. Yes. Yeah, great shooters, yeah. not just Buddy. Um, so he said if they can make stops and they can score, um, and they, they don't need to score at this clip. They don't need to score in the 70% no. range. But then they know. He essentially said if they, if they can make a couple stops and they can shoot pretty well, they're capable of beating anyone. And they know that. Yeah. So, like you said, they knew the potential existed for a game like this, which I called a nearly perfect game. Yes, and I um, agree with that. Because, you know, I mean, perfect game is already taken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now let's switch gears to the to – well, One oh, thing I just want to say quickly, too. So much of the talk this week had been about, you know, can you shoot in a dome, particularly from three-point oh, range. Yes, good point. And there was – like that was shot out of the water literally um at the beginning of the game i mean buddy Heald started off with the three-pointer but you know you can't put off oklahoma's loss to oh it's a dome because well let's <laughs> see um villanova ended up you know shooting the 71 percent and they were 11 of 18 from three-point range so this was not you know this was not a you know oh oklahoma just had a bad shooting night it was they ran into a buzzsaw with villanova and they were forced into bad shots. They yes. they didn't have like Buddy couldn't breathe. I mean, no. there was oh, God, there, no. it was clear Villanova clearly won the game and yes. and it, now another team also proved um, on some levels that the talk about shooting in a dome is not doesn't matter much either because in the second game North Carolina didn't really have much trouble scoring either. Although they did have an interesting performance from three-point line um and it was by halftime what was it halftime they were 0 for 10 or something I believe that was yeah Actually, 0 for 10 or 0 for a uh, yes 0 for 10 yeah 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 and and still winning yes yeah <laughs> um which obviously boded w well for them and very very poorly for Syracuse now this we're, we're gonna get to a title game preview and some and some thoughts on that but I mean Syracuse finally died yes it did but it was funny because you know I'm sitting there at the beginning of the second half, and I'm not writing anything down because I'm like, it's coming. It's coming. Because I saw Syracuse last weekend, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not fooled into this, oh, yeah, they're down by 15. No, that they're not dead yet. Well, what, you got to seven? Seven it was got to seven, yeah. And, but the difference was is that, A, unlike Gonzaga or, and Virginia, North Carolina has actually seen a full-court press before. And you had Marcus Page, like, any time – you know, Syracuse looked like it was really going to grab the momentum and go off. Marcus Page just dropped a three. 
and which is why like i love marcus page that's no secret i think he's one of the most interesting people to talk to in college basketball and i'm like really sad that he only has one more game um but he is also that's the kind of marcus page that he's healthy mm-hmm. and he's not in his shooting slump that's exactly why he's the perfect point guard for this team this yes. system because not only is he just like really intelligent with you know how he runs the team and runs the offense but he can do that himself and yes. actually I mean, we're, we'll get to this preview in a second, but Ryan Archidiakono is the same it's way the for Bill. Exactly, like yeah. They can both hit those monster threes yeah. and, and stop bleeding or stop runs. Um, so, yeah, he, he was great. Uh, you know, Bryce Johnson, almost a triple, uh, almost a double-double, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, he's nine. And, nine, and, yeah. and uh, Kennedy Meeks, too, eight and 15. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're firing all cylinders, and they've been playing this way since the ACC tournament. Yeah, yeah. well, and – you know, Jim Beheim had said last weekend that they would need that they needed to be pretty much perfect to beat North Carolina, and he also said that they could not afford a bad game by uh, Michael. G- and I know how to pronounce it, but I'm always going to screw it up. Kibinije. Kibinije. I think I was actually just trying. I was hoping you were going to figure it out, so I didn't have to try. That's what it sounded like last weekend. So anyway, um, but they said that they he said that they couldn't survive with a, a poor game from him. Well, he went five of 18. And that sounds poor. Yes, it was. And he was 0 for 5 from three point range. You cannot beat North Carolina and you certainly cannot make the kind of run that they needed to make late if if he's not knocking down some shots. And what's interesting about how this game, the result and the margin is kind of this is what I thought Virginia would do to Syracuse, yes. because I thought the familiarity of being in the same yep. conference, like the zone, doesn't scare you. Or it, it's not like you have a two-day – well, I guess Virginia had a two-day turnaround, but they'd already faced but they, Syracuse. Well, that's like the they, thing. It's not like it's a team from, you know, uh, three or four times on the way. Yeah. They've seen they, these guys. Yes, and they've prepared for them before. So yeah. this was the kind of performance by a good, great team, veteran team, same as Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you know, they've acted like they, they, they understood what it's like to be pressed and – they have great guards, and and they, you know, they were fine. I mean, it yeah. was literally like, go ahead and try. Okay, fine. Right. We're just going to score. Yeah. Like, you and could probably just stop doing that. Roy Williams says that that is by design because you know I, I asked him about what did you see on tape from those two games last weekend, and he started laughing. He said, I, I'm old enough and have coached long enough to remember Jim Beheim when he used to press all of the time. He said, so I assume that a Syracuse team is going to press. He said. You know, and it's not necessarily just going to be late in the game. So he said, anytime he plays Syracuse, they practice their press offense. Oh, Roy. Yes, yes. So you know, this, they were they were expecting this, and he said he honestly hoped that they would get Syracuse's press because that means that they have a lead. So yeah, that's a good point. And basically, I mean, North Carolina is terrific. Um, the two, I mean, I understand in the tournament, like you do get hotter and you're on these, everyone's on streaks here, but these are by far the two hottest teams in the country. I've been, I've been thinking that since the first weekend, yeah. um, like let's, for example, so North Carolina has beaten every team it's played by at least 14 points yep. and, um, Villanova, Villanova, it is late. Sorry. You guys are all listening to this in the morning or during the daytime, but I am still fighting sleep and fumbling over words. But and it just officially became midnight, so it's... In the central yes. time zone. Yes. So now it's tomorrow. Yes. Um, but Villanova, I think their average margin of victory is like 26 points. That sounds... And their, their only close one was when they played the number one overall seed in the tournament, Kansas. Yes. So they, these two teams are both 
like just crushing their opponents. Um, you're not supposed to beat Oklahoma by 44 points. No, you're not. And they were. There was never. Maybe after Buddy's first basket, it, maybe. But there was never a point in the game that you thought it was going to go any other way. Like it, yeah, it, it was just from three minutes in that. I mean, it, that game was pretty much over. Yeah, and what, what's interesting is to see. You know, a lot of people were in the press room were bringing up. Um, uh, was it Kansas Marquette? Marquette? No, uh, 2003. Well, you have to go there. Oh, I'm sorry, Nancy. I forgot about this. But so you would remember correctly. But the idea of a blowout Final Four win and then losing on Monday. Yes. And the idea, you know, people people are sort of murmuring, wondering about this concept of, like, did they just leave it all out there? Like, did they not save anything for Monday? But I don't think that's the case yeah. with this team because there was no, like, emotional outburst at any point. I mean, they, they like you've said, they've been so focused yeah. that I, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, we, like, like no one was crying that they won the game. No, no one was. They barely. All the starters were sitting on the bench. They knew they 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 knew they won for an hour. This yeah, this was a means to an end, and the end is the title game. Yes. And I think that's the case for both of these teams. That you know, this they have a goal, and it's Monday night. It's not Saturday night. What's pretty impressive about both the teams in that complete mindset, which comes across, is that like Carolina, they had to be taught how to cut down nets because this yeah. group had never won a regular season championship, a conference championship, um, and had never obviously reached the Final Four right. where you cut down nets. And Villanova, you know, this is their only – Jay Wright's only been to the Final Four once before, and he lost. Yes. I mean, we're, he's in uncharted waters now too. But these teams, they're poised, and, and these are both teams with a lot of seniors. I was just going to say, that's it is the year of the senior. Yes, and we have some terrific ones in this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm really excited about the point guard matchup. Yes, um, you with, are. Yes, Arch and Marcus Page, they're like the two best. Um, but they're both guys – that like we I mentioned earlier that I think you know can can really just start draining threes and go on little personal 6-0 spurts or whatever but they're both guys that I would feel very comfortable with if I'm their coach with them holding the ball down to in the final possession yeah. like they're gonna make the right decision right whether and that's and I would feel okay with them whether it's distributing the ball or keeping it themselves yes. and taking that shot whatever they want to do I'd be fine with it and We've talked about this on this podcast, but um, in case we have new listeners, I mean, we're we're also I'm also fascinated by the relationship between Arch and Jay Wright. I yes. mean, <laughs> like it, they say that they're the same person and that they don't even need to talk that much um, because Arch is literally like, with his the way he thinks and the way he makes decisions is exactly what Jay would do in that situation. So that's a coach on the floor, literally. Marcus Page, I think, like would be a fantastic coach. So, like, they're both very high basketball IQ, um, fun players to watch. Arch, I'm sure, will be diving on the ground somewhere. Um, You know, and and another parallel, I think think there's a lot. I mean, these are the two most efficient offenses in the country Mm -hmm. per Ken Palm. Um, And according to Ken Palm, uh, Villanova's defense is, like, sixth in the country. Um, and then North Carolina's like 23rd. I mean, they're both both good, but Villanova's slightly better. But they both also have big men. Um, who really can impact the game in, in Daniel Achefu, um for Villanova and then Bryce Johnson and Kennedy Meeks yep. for Carolina. And, and so they can play inside and they can play out outside, and they yeah. have bodies to match up with each mm-hmm. other in both areas. Yeah. The one thing that I think is going to be interesting or that I'm, I'm curious to see is the, and, and it's actually 
pretty close, um, but the depth, because now we saw um, Achefu was limited to what, 47 minutes in the Big East tournament because of a bum ankle? I think that was that's the right injury, but yeah. And yeah, it, it definitely was an ankle, and he tweaked it at one point tonight, but he seemed to be okay by the end of it, but, you know, you never know. Uh, he ended up playing played 28 minutes, so, you know, clearly had enough to, to finish the game. Um, but we'll see how that holds up the next two days. Um, but both of these, that's the other thing. Is that I highly doubt that he will take himself out of that oh, game. Of course not, <laughs> no. But will he, if he can, Yeah, that's true, you know. true. Um, but both of these teams also have really deep benches that if they do, you know, run into any kind of problems, matchup problems, they've got a lot of options. Which is good because as, you know, our colleague Dan Wilkin, he doesn't, he doesn't buy too much into, you know, which teams are deeper or whatever, you know, in March because, you know, it's five guys. They, they're capable of playing, you know, right. games and two days later and, you know, they're fine. They can play the whole time. Um, but you're right about the foul trouble in certain situations because we have seen in recent Final Fours and championship games that yep. that completely changes the dynamic. Oh, yeah. Well, and even tonight, the Syracuse guys said that, and the North Carolina guys did too, that Syracuse, part of the reason that they really couldn't get after North Carolina as much as they wanted to, as much as they got after Gundaga and Virginia, was they had guys in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't be as aggressive as they were last weekend you know, for fear of, of losing guys. And in fact, um, who ended up falling out? Uh, Gabin and Jay followed out. Um, and then Malachi Richardson had four. Tyler Lydon had three. I mean, those are three of their starters. And well, Lydon's not a starter, but he plays heavy minutes. Um, it, you know, those are three guys that would be major factors who can't go full out because they can't pick up risk picking up another foul. Right. And, and so I think that... That'll be good. I, although I do hope that, you know, the starters can mostly play because, yeah. you know, we want to see the stars. Right. Um, well, we uh, want to see the best game. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've also got a storyline that we've mentioned a few times as well, um, that Nate Britt in Carolina, yep. um, his brother, his, his parents are legal. We're legal. Well, he's over 18 now, but we're legal guardians for Chris Jenkins for Villanova. Yep. And it was funny because I found out about this. Um, the, the Sweet 16, during Sweet 16, when I was covering Villanova then. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting idea, but I don't really know how far Villanova's going to go. Better write this soon. Um, I, like, breathe a sigh of relief when they beat Miami. And, by the way, they blitzed them, too. And oh, that yeah. was one of and those nights a, where Jim Laranaka's like, Sorry, you, I, you could, they didn't play that badly. No, they didn't. They just get, they, I keep using the word buzzsaw, but that's what yeah. it is. So, so they've literally done this to everyone. Yes. But, um you know, so so we write that story about how they could the earliest they could potentially meet is the national, championship, the national championship game, and and here, and here it is, and and so that's going to certainly be a thing. Um, and I was already seeing some quotes from Nate Britt saying that uh, you know he really wants to win because then he he can one up him forever. Like I mean, it's like, <laughs> like it can never be even. <laughs> um, and then I want to know what the family's going to do. Like, are they all going to are they going to not sit in either of the sections? The 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 you know the Villanova section or the North Carolina section? Are the parents going to have like you know those jerseys that one side is one number and the other side is the other number? Or like we will have to see. Yes, I'm excited, but yes. yeah, ho- I mean, I'm sure they didn't like design shirts or anything ahead of time because no, you don't want to jinx it. Want, yeah, no, that's bad karma. No, exactly. So they've got two days to figure that out. Yes. Um, but, I, you know, I just, I, I'm really hopeful that we'll get a good championship game because those two blowouts were not the most interesting. I mean, it was interesting in historical proportions. And right. How beautiful Villanova's game was. Yeah. But I'd like a close one on Monday. No, I would too. Um, and I think, you know, it's, 
we have seen such kind of wacky and crazy and great games throughout this tournament. Um, you know, things to remember. And so, yeah, I would I would hope that the tournament would end with another game to remember. My favorite part about all of this is that if North Carolina wins, despite the ridiculous regular season and the ridiculous NCAA tournament, the preseason number one team wins the <laughs> national championship. <laughs> like that would be the perfect it, bookend. It is, yeah, it would be, and it's, uh, you know, we, uh, three weeks ago or two weeks ago, would you have thought that that would actually happen? That no, no, no. and it came. I mean, we almost even came close to having like four number one seeds make the final yeah. four. I mean, yeah. the tournament got chalky at times, especially now that Syracuse is gone. Well, they were yeah. kind of throwing a wrench in some of that. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I think that would be, that'd be so kind of fitting. Um, but Villanova, too, you know, they were a team that was at number one during the season. This is the same group that, you know, I mean, the, the reason why Jay and, and these guys know that they, they are this good is because they were this good last year and the yeah. year before. Like, they've won three straight Big East titles. Yes. And then they've fallen short. But so I was going to say there's an edge to them this year that they didn't have those last couple of years and I think that's what makes the difference. Yes. And 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 that's why, you know, again, I circle back to that Big East final loss. Um not that anyone looks for silver linings, but like I really think that's when to lose obviously <laughs> than the tournament. Um and and the flip side of that if you're talking about kind of like emotion and you know using it all up is Seton Hall lost the first game in the tournament right. after that because their emotional rush of winning that championship meant so much for Seton Hall's program. Um, but again, I don't sense any of that with either of these teams right now. Um, They're not just happy to be here. At no, all. and 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 they have coaches. Like Roy's obviously won championships. Mm-hmm. This is going to be Jay's first time competing for one. But he is surrounded by reminders, members of the 1985 team. Yeah. Raleigh Massimino, who embraces it. I mean, totally embraces them. Like he was, he talks to Raleigh Massimino like daily. I mean, in fact, he said that that Raleigh had Raleigh had called him earlier today. Um, Raleigh was back in um, Florida, I think. I think Florida, yeah, in Florida, Um, because I believe his wife is sick or there's family health. He he has health issues. He's got health issues too. And Jay said, you know, I told him, don't worry about us. We're fine. We're fine. Fine. You, you know, you guys get yourselves good and then when they were on the bus on the way to here they talked to him again um he had not talked to him at the very end of the game but i'm sure that there was a phone call um, yeah we're already in tomorrow so i'm sure they've talked but he he never shies away from that history in villanova it was funny he was pressed about you know what it would mean to add a championship to that and like would that take away from he like basically was saying he like didn't want to take away how special the 85 <laughs> team was and then and then he like had to get there was a follow-up question being like but jay like also wouldn't it be great if yeah, you won one you and he was like i guess so <laughs> like i mean he didn't say that word for word but he has such um such so much i'm i can't what's the word um, um he just puts them on a pedestal and but yeah, also like but embraces them and, and there's so many former players from that team that are still really active in the program yeah. um you know when they say v- villanova basketball player villanova guard villanova you know you just there are certain things that that means to them yes that jay makes it very clear all of his current players what that means yes. and they see it from the past players and um when i talked to baker dunleavy about a story on him and his decision to come back from wall street i asked him you know he was just kind of talking about how kind of easy sometimes it is to recruit mm-hmm. because it's the same kind of kid that he was yeah. that his teams were yeah um and it's 
it's so consistent and it's so um, part of Jay and I, you know, I don't know. I just think it would be an incredible story also well, if they were to win. It, yeah, and especially in this day and age when, you know, coaches hop from job to job. 15 years. Yeah, and and he's never been, I mean, there really have never been whispers about, oh, you know, maybe Jay Wright will go here, maybe Jay Wright will go there. I mean, Villanova is where he wants to be, and he's not looking for that next job like most coaches are. And it's it's nice to see that, and it would be nice to see that rewarded too. And with four-year guys. I mean, he's never gone the one-and-done route. But he is so Philly. I mean, he grew up (laughs) so close to Villanova. Loves talking about Philly hoops and the Big Five and and all of that. His wife is a former Villanova cheerleader. Um, You're right. I mean, he is Philly. And that's part of the reason there are no whispers or his name doesn't come up for certain jobs or any job that's open. Because he's a fantastic coach. Great coach. But he is Philly. He is Villanova. And... He also has a beach house down the Jersey Shore, so uh, like you don't want to. We've got the you, Jersey connection. You don't. You don't want to go too far. <laughs> His wife is from Jersey. We have these conversations. <laughs> the most proud he was of me was when I told him my parents finally got a beach house down the shore. He's like, finally. I was like, yes, I'll be there all summer. <laughs> but like, he loves it there. Yeah, he, he loves. Does. He loves it, and so it's. It's right, like what you said. It, it's a great. It would be a great ending for him and yeah. for that type of coach that we don't always see who really just is synonymous with the program. With the program, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, and, and Rory is to a, a certain extent. I mean, he played at North Carolina. He, yes. he, he got a start in coaching with Dean. But, he, you know, he then went to Kansas as, you know, because Dean wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, and then he, you know, came back home um, almost 10 years ago now. But, you know, so he's he's got these long ties to North Carolina too, yeah. but he does also have, you know, a Kansas connection. He hasn't been at the same place for his entire career. So it, it's similar but different. Um, yeah, and but it also what's a little bit different is, um, you know, Jay's generation, like yes. that, that age group. They much, more yes. Yes. much more transient. Yeah, much more transient. Um, and, 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 I mean, even if you think about, like, Rick Barnes at Texas, yeah. like, people don't last that long no. at the same place because no. fans get itchy and, and spoiled and, 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 and whatever. I mean, people are criticizing Villanova for the last was, few years yeah. for making the NCAA tournament, winning yep. Big East titles, but not getting to the Sweet 16. Yep. That Jay. was, like, that was a criticism. Yeah, he's Jay has been on the hot seat, which... When Ridiculous. You, yeah, when you do look at the record and, and what he's been able to do year in and year out, and with, with teams that... Like you said, he doesn't have the one and dones. He doesn't necessarily have, you know, this roster loaded with all Americans. He gets Villanova guys yeah. and still manages to win yeah. a lot. Which is why Arch is like his his twin or yeah. son. Well, son is yeah. how he referred to him once. Because, you know, he grew up, his parents went to Villanova. Yeah. Um, his dad played football, Villanova. His mom, I think, played basketball there. And they're his team growing up I mean so that's the kind of kid they look for so it'd be a great story um you know for them and honestly for the new big east it would be huge for them to win a national championship um so there's so many so many wonderful storylines to keep an eye on I I really like I said I'm very hopeful that we'll get a good game I think we deserve it (laughs) this tournament deserves it too for, for the amount of crazy games we've already had um, so we will sign off now, and um, next time you'll hear from us, we will be very, very tired. Yes. Um, it'll we'll be have a new national champion, and we will have a new national champion. And either way, it's going to be an interesting one because yes. we got some two really awesome offenses, two very good defenses, two interesting coaches. Yes. I'm sure we'll get some great commentary from Roy Williams over the next oh, couple of days. Yeah. Oh, Roy. 
and uh, he did. He he talked about moccasins today. He did moccasins and moons. And yeah, so until twenty thirty five. Yeah, so uh, it should be it should be an entertaining two days for us. And everyone, hope you enjoy the, sh the national championship game. And we will be talking to you soon after that. <laughs>